Hello everyone and welcome to Ask the Coach episode 38. No, 39, we're going through them so quickly. I'm Jeff Blum from Ping Skills and with me as always is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Hi Jeff, how are you this morning? I'm really good, thank you. Got some music pumping in the background. I'm excited for a new show. It's going to be a good yeah, one today. Indeed. Got some first more... up... Yeah, sorry? Got some more sleep last night. Look, eyes are looking better. Excellent. Good to hear. All right, well, first up, let's talk about yesterday's Ping Skillers question of the day, which is, should edges be ruled as out? It was a pretty um, hot debate. What are your thoughts, Alloys? Yeah, I, uh, for me, I think no. Leave it as it is. Um, the the thing that that I see a lot is that you know often people complain that the ball has hit the edge or you know whatever, and it's nowhere near the edge. So I think it's just going to cause more angst and more debate, um, and make it harder for umpires as well. So umpires are going to have to make that ruling as well. Now it's really easy to tell has the ball <coughs> hit the edge or not. Easy to see. The only one is the one coming from the side, but in general, you can hear the noise, you can see the deviation, makes it easier for umpires, easier for players, less problems, less angst. I think leave it as it is. Yeah, um, interesting suggestion, and I, I get where the suggestion's coming from, but I agree with you, Alice. I think leave it as it is. I think there's not that many times when a ball really does hit the edge, so it's not a big problem. Like, and occasionally I've seen that someone claims it hit the edge and the other person says, no, it didn't. But that doesn't happen very often. And I think, like you said, if if it was called a let, I think a lot of people will be saying, oh, that ball was an edge, should be a let, if it just gets close to the end line. So, yeah, interesting suggestion, but I'm with you. Leave this one alone. So, Alois, the Pink Sealers question for today is, how many different serves do you use? So, um, everyone... Put your comments in, and Alice and I will tell you our answer tomorrow. All right. Okay, Alice, let's see how on the ball you are here now. We've got a question from Thomas. And Thomas says, when a topspin ball hits a bat with pimples, the rotation isn't reversed, so it comes back with backspin. In table tennis terminology, though, we call this spin reversal. Well, actually, it's spin continuance because the ball keeps spinning in the same direction. Have I got this right? That's what Thomas asks, Alois. Yep, you certainly have, Thomas. Um, so it's the term that we use is that when the ball hits the pimple, so I've got some pimples here, um, when the ball hits the long pimples, it actually reverses. So what's happening? Here's a ball. It's coming through with some topspin. Okay, so I've hit it with topspin this way. You can see the ball spinning that way. Now, when it come, hits the bat and comes back, the ball actually continues spinning the same way. But now that it's heading in that direction, it's actually backspin. So the ball isn't changing or reversing its um, spin. It's just the spin that comes back is reversed. So it goes in as topspin, it comes out as backspin. So you're right, you're absolutely right. The ball doesn't reverse its spin, it continues its spin, but the effect is completely different. Yes, well explained, Alois. So it is a little bit confusing, isn't it? So it's interesting to note that 
if a ball is spinning one way, if it's going away from you, it could be topspin, but if it's spinning the same way but coming back to you, it's backspin. That's an um, interesting concept to grasp and an important one for people. And I guess, to, without trying to confuse everyone too much, if someone plays a topspin and your opponent blocks it back and it comes back to you with topspin, then the way the ball is spinning actually has changed, but the spin is topspin going both directions. Yeah, that's right. So, so this is this is normal rubber now. So what happens is the ball's coming in with topspin. It actually hits their grips and then comes out the opposite way. So now it's coming back with topspin. So it goes in with topspin, hits grips, and comes out with topspin as well. So um, yeah, so that is reversing the spin, isn't it? So in with <laughs> topspin and out with topspin. All so, right. Well, yeah. excellent question, Thomas, and hopefully we haven't confused you too much, and hopefully that clears things up. Um, if it hasn't, leave some comments and let us know any other questions you've got. But uh, thank you, Thomas. Okay, Alois. Now, Luke has asked, he said, when it's 10-8 for my opponent and it's my serve, what type of serve, what type of serve should I do if I want to make a comeback? And does it depend upon who I'm playing? And what about if I'm leading 10-8? What serve should I use to finish the set? Yeah, so so this is really individual and it really depends on the situation in the match and what's happened previously. So the the first thing is don't try and don't try and um, do too much that's different. You know, just start to think about what's the best serve that I can do for this particular point. And that will depend on your previous couple of serves, the, the serves that you've done previously in that game as well. So, for example, you might have been winning all of your points on serve until then. And just the fact that um, he's had more serves, he's up 10-8. So, if he's been um, missing all of your um, pendulum topspin serves, do them again. So, um, don't try and change that. However, if you're down 8-10 and it's a situation where you just haven't won a point on your serve, okay, then you might start to think about, okay, what can I change here to um, to try and win this next point and the, and the one after and, and come back to 10-all. So it's really individual. It really depends on what's happened previously in that game. Always think about what's happened previously. Try to analyse it just um, basically as you're going through the game and you'll start to get some good information about what serve that you should do at that stage. Mm, yeah, good point, Alois. Um, one question though, do I think differently if I'm up 10-8 as opposed to I'm down 8-10? Um, not, not particularly, but I mean, being up 10-8, you've probably done a few more things a little bit better. So, um, you know, so maybe the serves that you have been doing have been right. So in that situation, stick with what you've been doing um, again and just make sure that you, you, you try to close out that point. You know, the, the more important thing at that stage is, is keeping your emotional control, you know, keeping nice and calm, focusing on what you are going to do for that next point, not thinking about I'm going to be winning the game, think about what I'm going to do for this particular point, just as you did when it was uh, love all or two all or three all, okay, 
think the same way, think, how am I going to win this point? What's the best serve to do or what's what's the best return that I can do to to give me the best chance of winning the point? Okay. All right. Hopefully that helps you out, Luke. So really the key here, and it sounds simple but it's not always, is to just think about the current point. What's the best thing I can do right now? So although it sounds simple, it's hard. But keep practicing that and you'll get better and better as you practice that more. So think about the current point only. All right, Alois. Next, we've got a question from a uh, Google Plus person who's just asked online, G the Rush SP. Thanks for asking. He says, finally, I was able to join in. So I only have two to three hours daily for working on my table tennis. Only, but that's that's quite a lot. And I want to rework my game from the basics. So should I start with the stroke mechanics and then footwork? And in which order should I learn strokes? Yeah, okay. So two to three hours is a lot um, daily. So you have got a lot of time to, to work on things. If you think that your strokes aren't um, technically correct, then yes, go back and start on those strokes. The, the strokes that I like to start with are the forehand counter hit, backhand counter hit, um, forehand push, backhand push, forehand topspin, backhand topspin against block. So those six are probably the, the first six. Then I would talk about or think about um, the topspin against a backspin ball, so lifting, lifting the, the backspin ball. Um, and then you can do that both on the forehand and the backhand. So if you think that you know, but you have a look at the, the, the ping skills lessons on those strokes and you think that doesn't look like me, then um, take some time to work to work on those strokes again. So yep, that, that would be the first thing that I would do. Excellent. And then how do you incorporate full work into that um, learning? When when should you incorporate full work? Yep. So once you've got uh, I think especially once you've got just the basic counter hit, hitting strokes, you can start to think about a little bit of footwork. You can start to do just some simple um, movement of forehand and forehand or one forehand and one backhand. And I think it's important to get those combinations happening, especially the forehand and backhand. What, have, what I see a lot is that if you don't do some combination play of forehand and backhand, players tend to start to get... Um, funny grip, so they might um, develop a very backhand-oriented grip for their backhand and a forehand grip for their forehand, um, whereas if you start to do some combination of forehand and backhand, then you have to um, straighten out your grip because you just haven't got time to be changing, changing grips between one and the other. Um, and the other thing is it, it does, it teaches you the balance, it teaches you to get a good, nice central position as well so that you're not turning too much to learn your forehand this way and turning too much to, to learn your backhand that way. And then when it comes to a game situation, you can't play them because you, you haven't learned to play your, your forehand from this basic position and your backhand from the basic, basic position. So, so I, would, I would incorporate those combinations um, pretty early, and the footwork involved with those combinations as well. Excellent. All right, that's good, Alois. And we do have a, a PDF showing a lot of table tennis drills, which includes some switching ones, and it starts off with some simple uh, simple drills, one-ball drills, which is just where the ball goes to one spot, and then moves on to two-ball drills where it goes to two balls, 
and three, four, and then show some random drills where the ball can go anywhere. So I'll put a link to that in the uh, notes so you can have a look at that as well. But excellent. Thank you for the question, and thanks for jumping online and asking live. Okay, Alois, next question is from Kong. And Kong says, how do you determine whether a rubber has long pips or medium pips? Do you measure its length? If so, how? Okay, yeah. So um, one of the things that the ITDF talk about in their list of rubbers is the aspect between the length of the pimple and the diameter of the pimple. So the length of the pimple is, let's see if we can see that there. Yeah, so how long the pimple is there. Okay. And the diameter is how wide the pimple is. So you can see there, um, these ones are reasonably thin. So the length compared to the width of the pimple needs to be at least 0.89. I don't know where they got that number from, but that's that's the number that they talk about. At so, least 0.89 to be considered long pimples? Yes, to be considered long pimples. Yep, that's right. So it's, um, so if it's 0.89 or higher, then it's considered to be a long pimple. That's okay. right. So, so you'll see that a long pimple, um, it's a little bit hard to tell from there, but you can, when you rub it, it the, the pimples do bend a little bit. Okay, so, um, yeah, hard to tell, but yeah, the pimples, the pimples are bending in there. You'll feel it. So once, once you get your, your finger and you start to do that, you'll start to feel that the, that the pimples bend. Um, here, I've got a sheet of short pimples. And on here, so you can see there that the pimple isn't very long at all. So um, that, a little bit hard to see, but here we go, um, compared to that. So that's this is the long pimple here, and this is the short pimple. So you can see so that... Red is the long pimple, and the black is the short pimple. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so the long pimple there is... Um, you can see the length of the pimple compared to the short pimple, which is the black. So the short pimple um, is shorter in length. You can also have different diameters of the pimple. So this one's quite quite wide. You can see there. Um, and so, yeah, and when you rub that, you don't really get any wobble on the pimple either. So the pimple doesn't doesn't give very much. Um, but just um, the, best, the best way is just Get on there. Get on. Get the pimple. Try and move the move the pimple a bit, and you'll see that um, the long pimple feels like it um, it can move as well. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, why does ITTF even have a a ruling about what is a long pimple and a short pimple? Do they have rules that treat those separately, or is it just for guidelines? Or um, I'm not sure. That's a really good question. We, maybe one of our pin skillers knows uh, the answer to that. So. Um, th they have ruled out some long pimples, and um, that's when the, the ratio is, is too big. I don't know the ratio exactly um, of what it is, but, um, yeah, they have um, ruled out if, if the pimple is too um, tall compared okay, to the... Okay, uh, so that's probably why they have that measurement to start with, yeah. Excellent. All right, well, thanks, Kong, for the question. Interesting question, and um, who would have thought 0.89 is that magic number? All right, the next question, Alois, is from Matthew. And Matthew says, I've noticed 
but most players have more than one serve. Is this a good idea? And if so, please could you recommend another serve or other serves I should try to learn? I currently only use the pendulum. Yeah, so Matthew, um, I, I always say I think you should have at least about two or three serves that you can do. So one serve is a bit limiting. Um, because if someone is really good at returning that one serve, then you haven't got anything to fall back on. Um, don't try and do five or six different serves for me, because then you um, just get yourself too confused. And also, you don't learn the response that comes back from all of those five or six serves as well. If you know, if you do one or two serves really well, then you learn what comes back on those um, from those serves and you start to be able to um, uh, respond and, and, and make better third ball attacks um, with that. So so just a couple of serves, two or three serves. Um, a couple of serves that you can think about, tomahawk serve or the backhand serve are really good simple serves that you can that you can try. And in our serving secrets we've got um, lessons on all of those serves as well. Okay, yeah, good advice, Alois. I think some players tend to stick with one serve, but I guess, does it make a difference on the number of variations you have on that serve? So if your pendulum serve, you can get backspin, topspin, and sidespin, does that make it better to have just stick with one serve? Um, yeah, so I, for, yeah, when, when we talk about um, one or two or three serves, within those serves, you've probably got, you know, 10, 15 different variations of that. So you can you can vary the, the spin, you can vary the speed, you can vary the placement on all of those serves. Um, but you'll often find that a person likes the ball either swinging one way or swinging the other way um, to, when they're returning serve. So it's good to have one that curves left to right and one that curves right to left, um, or whatever it is, um, just so you start to get into as um, a place that they don't like as much. So, yeah. Okay, so that's good advice there. Alice have uh, served and swing both ways. So, some examples are the pendulum and the reverse pendulum, or perhaps uh, the pendulum and the tomahawk. Um, the backhand serve often is the same as the reverse pendulum, so you could use the pendulum and the backhand serve. There's some good combinations to work on. Um, yeah, all right. Well, thanks for the question. We've got another question asked live, Alois, and the question is, what is the difference between European and Chinese looping style and the pros and cons of both? Okay, yeah. So, um, I mean, traditionally, what the European style, um, you contact the ball with a more open racket. The European rubbers tend to be a bit softer. So, um, so with that, the ball's going to sink into the rubber a little bit more to generate your spin. Um, so the, the European style is a more open racket, let the ball sink into the rubber and come up more. The, um, the Chinese style tend to have a, a harder, harder rubber, so the ball doesn't sink in as much. So if you try to, to loop that way, the ball doesn't really grip in, inside the rubber very much they tend to use the harder rubber and then brush the top of the ball. The, the top surface tends to be a little bit grippier, so when you contact there, it grips that ball better and sends it out again. 
So, so that's the that's the main difference. So the European style, the contact is more open. The Chinese style, the contact is um, a little bit more closed and a faster brushing action over the ball that way. Okay, interesting, Alice. And also, I've got a, this perception in my head. I don't know if it's really true anymore. That the Europeans seem to have a slightly shorter stroke than the Chinese. The Chinese seem to have a really big stroke. Is that true, or is that just sort of in my mind? Yeah, I, I think to a certain extent. I think certainly, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was it was very true. Um, yeah, now I think you know the Europeans are using a bigger bigger stroke as well. Um, I mean, some yeah, of them both. One of your favourite players, Alice Waldner, seemed to have quite a big stroke. Yeah, it did. He did. Sorry, he, um, it it always looked like he was playing a short stroke, but when you slowed it down, the the stroke started really low and finished really high, especially off backspin. So um, yeah, so he had he had quite a quite a big stroke there. Okay, so yeah, so you don't think there's a, a a big difference these days with the stroke? No, I, I don't think so. I don't. I, I think it's yeah, pretty similar. Just yeah, and again, the perception of the you know the the contact and all that sort of stuff, and the European style and the Chinese style. You know, I think um, yeah, it's it's getting closer and closer to being the same. Merging more. To, so so are there any pros and cons of, of each style, or or not really? Um, yeah. So the, uh, the European style is a little bit safer, I suppose, because you you're coming at the ball with the whole of your racket there. The Chinese style is a little bit riskier um, because the the ball isn't seeing um, the whole racket as it's coming forward. So um, so probably initially, you know, like getting that nice flat or um, solid contact on the ball is really important um, to teach to teach players. Um, and then you can start to think about you know brushing over the ball a little, a little bit more. Okay, excellent. Well, uh, thank you again, G the Rush SP, for the questions, and thanks everyone for your questions. Um, that wraps up episode 39. Thanks everybody for watching. If you haven't, visit our website, pingskills.com. Lots of great information there. Sign up for our free newsletter, and if you're really keen, sign up for our premium membership. And we will see you again tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Alois. Yeah, and Jeff, one other thing before we finish. Just, um, yeah, don't forget that um, you can go back and check out all our previous uh, Ask the Coach show questions as well, or uh, Ask the Coach shows. Yes, you can right on our website, can't you? Just click on the blog link. We have them all there, um, and you can check them all out. Good, um, good suggestion, Alois. All yeah. right. Have a great day, Pink Skillers. Yeah, get lots of table tennis in today. See you tomorrow morning.